Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today is Wednesday, the August 5th, and I'm so excited to have Ulysses Balthazar on our podcast today. He is the owner of Sacramento Homes and Lifestyle, the founder of founder and owner of Legendary Virtual Studios and CTO for Virtual Investment Properties. Welcome, Ulysses. How's it going? Hey, how are we doing? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited. I've been seeing you around. You've been doing a lot of great social media work. Uh, you've been selling real estate and, you know, you're all over the place. Well, I want to, you know, introduce you today and let's talk more about you and like what's going on. You know, what, what can we learn about you? Well, first and foremost, uh, 33 years old. I've uh, been in the military, uh, joined the military when I was um, uh, right out of high school. Uh, you know, did that for six years, uh, full uh, just tech background on it, um, helicopter mechanic. And then I went uh, special forces. But while I was doing special forces, I also got to fly drones for, uh, uh, for the Department of Defense, uh, learn how to fix them, all that other fun jazz, go on really awesome, crazy operations throughout the entire world, uh, destination unknown half the time. Um, but um, needless to say, after that, basically uh, took all of my um, uh, technical background, became an aerospace engineer and biomedical engineer, uh, did that all the way up till about 2015. And then um, that's when all of a sudden I was just completely tired of the corporate industry. I, I, it just when it comes to aerospace, it's like one contract after another and you're just sitting there waiting for the next contract if you can find one. And uh, so it just became extremely annoying and I plateaued. Then I, I discovered that, you know, uh, the number one vehicle to creating wealth was real estate. And wow. so I went down that channel and I was like, look, I, I I've got big goals, big aspirations, big dreams. I've been to hell and back a couple of times and it was just time to really, you know, my daughter was born in 2010 and that's really where my big aha for me was, you know, it's time to, it's no longer about me. Uh, back then it was all about me because it was just me. I was in the military and I had to really take care of myself uh, more than anything. But once my daughter was born and I went on that last tour um, in, in 2010, I, I just, it, it just completely changed uh, my point of view. And at that point, I wanted to really make something that my daughter was, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want her to go through what I went through. Uh, let's just put it that way. And I think that every parent thinks that way. Right. And so we try to be better than what our parents were. And I think that that's the goal that everybody should. That's the mindset every, every parent should have. It's like, how can I be better than where I came from? Right. How can I level up? And like I said, I discovered that real estate was uh, the number one vehicle to creating wealth. But um, I, I, at that point, I also discovered law of attraction. Let's stop you there for a moment. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. So you definitely, you've, you know, you mentioned, for example, you're 33. And you've done a yeah. lot already for your age. Especially, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, we're young guys and we've been doing a lot. But, you know, you said you started in the military and you went through so many divisions and you started, how old were you when you first started? Okay, so, um, so I, to be completely honest, I've been a tinker tech space since I was a kid, um, mm. uh, like real talk. And when I was 11 years old, my dad decided to host this event. My dad's into ham radio uh, radios. If people know what ham radios are, you know, you see the guys on, on the semi trucks. Well, my dad always took it to a whole new level. And I think that that's where my passion really came from, from where like, there's something always better on the other side of this. How can, how can this technology become better? And that's just, that, that was just a big thing as a kid, like, my dad always keeps getting better ham radios and better, bigger antennas. We were that house that had this massive antenna in the backyard, right? Um, so shout out to my dad because he was really the guy that put me on that. And he threw an event for a bunch of ham radio guys to nice. come out and hang out. And he asked me, hey, 
you're into music, you want to play instruments and stuff like that. Would you like to just play the music, be the DJ for the event? So we went to Radio Shack and my dad got me a mixer from Radio Shack back in the day. And um, it didn't even have a fader. It was just all volume knobs. And that's where I got turned on to DJing. I turned on MTV and I was like, how can I become a better DJ, right? So I was already without anybody teaching me in life, I was already reverse engineering my own mindset on how I can become better at things. And no one had ever taught me this stuff. I was just kind of learning it all by myself. And Man. DJ Scribble, DJ Qbert, back in the day on MTV, right? Um, when they had the poolside parties and all that, back when MTV was cool, I believe. <laughs> uh, that's where I really started to get into the DJing um, culture. And that turned me on to the entire electronic music of all the different technology that was being used, synthesizers, the different mixers, turntables, um, and all that other fun jazz. But before uh, CDJs were even a thing. Um, so you went from uh, learning about music, your dad helping you get into uh, learning about tech, and then taking that and starting to build. And you went from there and you went to the military and you said yeah. you were an aviation specialist. You went to aerospace engineering and then um, you moved on from there, right? Yeah, correct. Amundo. Yeah, I did that. Like I, I joined the military um, uh, from my music. Believe it or not, I even was still DJing when I was in the military. Uh, my <laughs> platoon asked me, they were like, yo, we went to the club the other day and we saw you be a guest DJ and we think that you should be our DJ for a military ball. And I was like, no way. So I got to do that. And that was a huge honor. And yeah. then afterwards, they were like, yo. Uh, you should just bring all your DJ equipment with you to Afghanistan. So that way, whenever we have what was known as safety stand down days, every month we had a day that all troops, we relaxed, no missions, nothing, unless it was a VIP mission. Um, and 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 I, it was awesome. But once I got out of the military, um, yeah, I, all that technology, all that passion, I continued to keep going um, as an aerospace engineer, I got to work for uh, Space Systems Loral, Alco Services, uh, out in Livermore, Space Systems Loral, out in Palo Alto, um, Alpha Research and Technologies out in uh, El Dorado Hills. Um, really great companies where we were just completely innovating, just next next gen, you know, tech systems for, for the aerospace industry. Um, and then uh, from there, uh, biomedical engineering came with Stryker. Uh, well, the physio control, which they were building defibrillators for the International Space Station, which was really cool. Um, so I got to be part of that project and I got to be a ser uh, field service engineer. Um, and then once I got into real estate, it really was uh, uh, just a big eye opening, a huge. Oh, to be honest, it was scary, scary as hell because I it was a complete different world than anything that I had ever done because real estate wasn't tech based. Right. What, what made you want to get into real estate? Um, like I mentioned uh, earlier today, um, you know, creating wealth. Uh, when I was making a lot of really good money as an aerospace engineer, I'm not gonna lie, um, it was awesome. I got to deploy as a, I got to deploy also in 2012 as a civilian contractor uh, to Afghanistan again, um, and that was really awesome. A lot of money there, uh, but it just money wasn't everything. Uh, my mindset, my personal life, everything was just. Uh, garbage. It was, it was sad. It was lonely. Uh, you know, the people I was dating were like only there for the money type of thing. And it just, it just, none of it was fulfilling in a sense of like, I was happy. I was, I, I, I felt miserable. Um, and I hit rock bottom to a point where I just didn't know what to do, what to think, what to that. Like I, I was smart. I had all this 
knowledge and technology, you know, aerospace engineering, flying drones, all this other fun jazz. And at the same time, I, as a musician, uh, DJing when I was younger and all that, I knew everything about marketing, advertising myself, creating website, graphic design, because I didn't have money when I was younger to pay someone to do that stuff. So I had to learn it myself too. And, but none of those things ever really kind of connected anywhere. And one day I saw a book called The Secret. I'm pretty sure a lot of your listeners know exactly what I'm talking about the moment I say the book, The Secret, right? Yeah. And I discovered Law of Attraction. And when I discovered Law of Attraction, I re it, it, my entire mindset changed, straight up. My entire mindset changed. That's when I realized that everything was all about programming and that everything that I knew was all about just my mindset and my programming that I had. And I went down that rabbit hole. I went down the law of attraction rabbit hole and I discovered other things, law of attract, uh, law of action, law of diminishing effect, basically AKA procrastination um, and all that other fun jazz. And then it all just started to make sense on a bigger level. I started to realize like how the hell are the people that are living the life that I want to live, the life that I want to give for my family, right? My daughter at the time, because I was, I was divorced. So it was just me and my daughter. Um, and in reality, it was just me alone by myself a lot of the time because I didn't want my daughter to see me the way that I was. I was, I was a shitty dad at that time. I, I really was. And I'll own that now. And, um, but I discovered that there was a better way um, that I needed to surround myself with the right people and all that. And that's when I started to realize what can my skills, what can my knowledge really do for me, for my family long term? And I got I got turned on to real estate again. And what I mean again is my dad wanted me to be a real estate agent when I was 18. Wow. Right out of high school. Before, before the military. That's a whole story for itself. But I joined yeah, the military yeah. with my family even knowing. So that's a crazy story. I joined the military at 18 without my family even knowing. And why? Well, because my dad thought that I would never make it. I got a little card in the mail that said, you got to join the selective service. And I was like, hey, you know, what if I joined the military? And he looked at me and he laughed and he says, you don't listen to me. You're never going to listen to the military. Blah, blah, blah. That was the first time my dad ever said that I would never be able to do anything in life or I would not be able to do something in life. He's never been the you can do anything you want. My, we're Mexican. They don't do that. They don't talk about mijo. You can do whatever you want in life. No, they don't do that. They're more like get your nine to five job, pay the bills and you'll survive kind of thing. Uh, their mindset wasn't bigger. It is now, but it wasn't then. And so that hurt my feelings. And I went to a recruiter's office and I was like, why might, does my dad believe that I can't make it if I join the military? Right. And seven days later, I joined the military. I was sworn in. I had a contract the whole nine yards and that's how my entire military career thing came about. So I had a chip in my shoulder. I wasn't necessarily patriotic. It was 2005. We were in Iraq. We were going into Afghanistan. So it wasn't anything. My mom was de like devastated. She wanted me to go to Mexico because she was afraid of me dying and yada, yada, yada. Had a couple cl close calls, but thank mm. God I'm here. Yeah. Um, but fast forward to that. My dad wanted me to be a real estate agent. If you remember 2005, real estate was super hot. Yeah. This is pre-2007, 2008, so it was hot. And their house that they had bought in Salinas had doubled in just four years in right. price. They bought it for 321. They sold it for 741. Good job. So, and four years, right? So it was yeah. crazy. Um, I was like, no, I don't get real estate back then, blah, blah, blah. When I finally decided that I want to do something better in life, I went to Google and I typed in literally all of the different skills, things that I knew just to see what it would pop up. Just like skills with or jobs with skill sets of 
and all these different things. And for some weird reason, real estate agent just kept showing up at the top for some weird reason. And I, nothing I was, had done since I ever in my life had anything to do with sales or real estate. And so I went back to my dad and I looked him straight in the eye and I was like, dad, why, why did you want me to be a real estate agent? And he straight up looked at me. He said, you got the gift of gab. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Once again, I grew up with no type of mentoring or anyone telling me like, Yuli, you should do this. You're great. Or think bigger in life. Lava, nothing. Right. I've naturally just always knew how to talk. I talked a lot in class. I always got in trouble for that, all that type of thing. Um, but I never knew what any of that meant. And so when my dad told me, it's like, you got to get the gift of gab. Mind you, I'm 27. I go to the internet and I'm like, what does the gift of gab mean? And how does that work? And blah, blah, blah. And that's all of a sudden when I started getting turned on to people like Tony Robbins, uh, Grant Cardone, Gary V, uh, Ty Lopez, um, uh, Billy Jean. These are all marketers and also big uh, uh, Dean Graziosi and all that. And at the same time, I discovered who my mentors are today, Matt Aitchinson. Um, he, he was in uh, top 1000 real estate teams uh, declared by the Wall Street Journal uh, when he was with uh, Rachel Adams. So it was Matt Aitchinson and Rachel Adams, the A&A team. Um, and uh, they were an amazing influence. And he was doing his podcast, which I am excited to say I am the producer of that podcast now, Millionaire Mindcast. Nice. Um, you know, so yeah, we're, we're about to complete season four. We're about to start season five. So all these crazy things that just turned me onto it. And then I was like, let me give this a try. And I started reaching out to real estate professionals that had uh, schools. Um, and so I looked at a couple of different things and then I came across Keller Williams, of course. And I quickly learned Keller Williams is the number one real estate company when it comes to coaching and training. You know, I, I a lot of real estate uh, uh, brokers that are independent brokers, that I, all of them say the same thing. Join Keller Williams, learn everything you need to know, and then come over here, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So it was always all these crazy things. And so that's really what law of attraction is really what turned me on to really discover myself, my passion, my calling and all that. And I thought real estate was that, but it quickly did I realize that, you know, law of attraction works in very weird ways. As long as you're following the things that you love, the opportunities present themselves. And so I got into real estate. I got my license, joined Keller Williams, KW uh, uh, Fair Oaks, um, uh, but, but before they closed it and they relocated to another uh, location. And once I got into that, that's where I started to realize even more that I was on the right path of like, yo, this is, this is it. This is, uh, this is the vehicle to creating wealth uh, because this is what's going to teach me how to understand. First and foremost, I suck at money, finances. I, I do, I do. And, but I, there I learned that like, I don't have to be great at everything. I just have to be really good at what I do best and then learn how to leverage other things out, right? And that's where I learned everything about having a CPA and all these other different people in my inner circle that could really help me take things to the next level. And so I did. I, I got into it and um, you know, love it ever since. 
Great. That, that's definitely a great story. I know you have so much uh, background history and stories in it. I can sit here for hours listening to all of it. Yeah. I want to go back and, you know, learn more definitely. And, you know, let's start breaking some of this down actually. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got into the uh, real estate and you started learning about it and you chose real, your dad helped show you real estate and you saw how their house doubled in value. Correct. And I think in real estate in general, that's one of the best ways to grow your wealth through real estate. A lot of big corporations, big businesses, owners, uh, you know, heavily invest into real estate, right? Correct. And then you started real estate how long ago? Uh, so I started real estate in, well, I got my license. I was licensed in 2016, but mm -hmm. I was, um, uh, I started real estate in 2015. Um, nice. I, I joined a team, um, you know, as everybody should, I believe, you know, I think you should join a team if you don't have any real estate background, because that's the quickest way that you're going to have a quick mentor right there. And then that can help you guide you um, on everything that you need to know. And that's exactly what I did. So shout out to Rachel Taney and the uh, Gold Rush Homes team. Um, that's who I first uh, uh, got into. Uh, absolute one of the best mentors, not to mention she used to be a principal and an educator at the same time before she got into real estate. Right. So it's fascinating the people that you meet in real estate, because a lot of them don't join real estate when they're 18. They join real estate later in life after they've already probably spent a decade or two decades doing something else with their life. Right. And they've also realized this isn't getting me where I want to go fast enough. Right. So shout out to Rachel Taney and the gold rush homes team, uh, for, 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 for her honestly getting me to work for helping me get started of where I am today. I don't know why my camera is not focusing. Yeah. Right 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 okay. yeah. Oh, there we go. Cool. So oh. then you get into real estate, you started learning from a team and then, you know, coming from a marketing and tech background, what did you think about real estate? So, Here's the craziest part about this. It wasn't so much that of what I thought. Like real talk, I'm about to lay it down on exactly how all this came about. I joined the team and I joined her. And the first and foremost, I told her straight up. I was like, look, I need a job. I don't have my license yet, so I need a job. And I'm willing to take a pay cut of what I was making as an aerospace engineer because here's what I know how to do. So how can I help you so you can help me? And that was the deal that I made. And, and I told her. I know how to do graphic design. I know how to do web design. I know how to do all these different things. I know how to do social media. I know how to create ads. I know how to do all these things. Um, so I can help you with those things as long as you can teach me everything that you know and it will work out. And that's exactly what I did. I helped her even start a call center, which was great. It was a great task. Um, you know, I got to do a lot of things that were just so out of my wheelhouse, but it all required the skills of me knowing how to do, like I said, graphic design, web design, advertising, understanding all that. And then when I started to really dig into all of that and I started to do that stuff for her um, and I got my license, then that's when I started to really like, OK, cool, I'm going to go. I'm going to start doing these things for myself now that I'm an agent and all these things. And then all everything like the way ever the way that I got to where I am today all started with someone literally walking up to me, tapping me on my shoulder and saying, I just saw your ad and that thing was amazing. How did you do that? And I was like, oh, well, this is how I did it. But when I got into real estate, I noticed something crazy to me. We're all entrepreneurs. And how the hell is it that like you guys don't know how to do advertising and how to market? Like this is your job. Like when I, when I realized that I was like, you guys are all independent contractors and you should all know how to do this. But I didn't know that. And quickly I started getting a little bit of a tap on the shoulder. Hey, 
can you teach me how to do this? Hey, can you do that? And we had what's known as a tech ambassador in the office. That tech ambassador had already been a top producer, had already been doing very well, and he was very tech savvy. So I was always masterminding with him and really, really learning like the the, the laws and regs about real estate and advertising and marketing, right? The things that you can say, the things you can't say, whatever, because you can create any type of piece of marketing. It doesn't mean that it's the right one or it's legal, right? So um, I was still learning all these different things, but uh, he left. He got recruited by EXP because obviously EXP was in huge recruit mode uh, back when, and they still are. And um, the office came to me and they tapped me on the shoulder and they were like, Yuli, we just lost our tech ambassador. And next to him, there's no one else that knows how to do it. Mind, mind you, the position can only be for a either top producer or somebody that's been in the game for some time and yada, yada, yada. Yet I've only been in real estate for a year. And so um, with that, it, 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 it was like, can I take on this responsibility? Can I, like, I was just overthinking it just because I still felt so new. I was still like feeling like that, but needless to say, I still had leadership experience being in the military, doing all these other different things. And so I, I started to become the tech ambassador. And then they asked me, can you teach a class for the whole office? And then I taught a class. And then next thing you know, somebody from a different office came and saw it like, you should come to our office. And then that turned into that and that and that. In no way, shape, or form did I ever wake up and say, I want to be a coach and trainer. I want to teach real estate agents this. I want I was literally just doing what I loved. I was saying yes because I was excited that someone wanted to know what I knew, right? Versus someone telling me to do something for them. That was the corporate world. That was everything in the past. Hey, Yuli, I need you to go do this. Hey, Yuli, I need you to do that. Hey, Yuli, I need you to do this, right? It was never like, hey, Yuli, what do you think about this? And should I do this or that? It was never that. So it it was a, it was an interesting phenomenon that was happening in my life of like all of a sudden people were looking at me for guidance and wisdom and stuff because I just had an experience in something that I thought they all should have experience or knowledge in. And that's honestly how my... That's how, honestly, hashtag Ulysses Balthazar came about um, this, um, where when I was teaching classes, people were hashtagging Ulysses Balthazar when they were creating posts and all this other fun stuff. And that turned on to like, apparently that's my personal brand now. So hashtag <laughs> Ulysses Balthazar and it worked and it just continued to grow from there. And um, from that, I, Sacramento Homes and Lifestyle was born. I learned how to create a team. I learned that selling real estate wasn't my passion. But the real estate world, the industry was, though. Uh, I was fascinated by everything that was happening in it as far as helping, I, uh, helping people learn real estate uh, on a from the technological point of, uh, standpoint. And when I started to really do that, I learned from Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, that like, yo, if you're really good at something that you're going to have, you're going to have to create a vertical profile uh, 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 and and mastering that niche. And that's exactly what I've done since I've, I've honed in on my craft. Uh, basically four years later, I'm still doing this. Now I, I, I teach classes on at an, at, at an association level. So Sacramento association, Placer association, uh, Contra Costa, Santa Clara. I've been all over the Northern California associations and teaching them, uh, teaching classes, going directly into offices. Um, and, my message has still not changed just here to bridge the gap between real estate technology and real estate agents with education. So I want to bridge that gap. Um, and with that, it, I've realized even more 
why I'm so passionate about it. And it's really because of the technology that's involved that drives me smart home automation, virtual tours, VR, augmented reality, and all that. Even though those things are barely being introduced, it's crazy that I've been involved in that for like the past five, 10 years already. And so all of those things have always fascinated me from a personal standpoint. Like my entire house is, is automated. I've got a Google assistant right there. I've got a Google assistant. I got three downstairs. I got three upstairs. Uh, the whole entire house is Google Wi-Fi. Um, the whole nine yards, the smart locks, the lights, everything, you name it, right? But I've already been doing this for years before builders were even putting this stuff into it. And that's just all because of my nerd. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a, I'm a tech nerd. I'm a geek. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by these things. I'm fascinated by the Star Wars culture, the Star Trek culture. Iron Man is my my my, my sci-fi role model. You get what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. So yep. Definitely. Yeah, those are all the things that just naturally were driving me. But once again, no one had ever taught me law of attraction, mindset, habits, disciplines, none of that. So nat I, I think I was just a natural entrepreneur without ever even knowing it. Um, and and that that be getting into real estate and doing everything that I do now honestly has been a huge blessing because there are individuals in this life that I would have to say that because of them, I am where I am today. Uh, Michael Putnam, Rico Rivera, like I said, Rachel Taney. Um, these are all individuals in the Sacramento area that I hold dear to my heart uh, because without them, um, they they spoke the right analogies and language to me to get me to think the, okay, mindset, habits, and disciplines. I need to get those three in order. If I get those three in order, I can build anything in my entire life. I can, I can design my life, you know, my life by design and not by default, right? Bold. Um, and because of that, I, I same thing. Uh, I wear a bold bracelet. Since I attended bold, I've never taken it off. It's nice. maybe fell off my hand accidentally four times uh, out of the last four years that I've had it. And when people ask me, in your wedding pictures and everything you had that bracelet yeah, that you're wedding too correct the mundo and wow. people were like why and i'm like because i'm gonna look back on this and everybody's gonna look back on this and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell people there are psychological things that you can put in your path every day that if you program that thing to represent something it will be the constant reminder in front of you on a daily basis of what that thing is and for me this bracelet represents everything that I'm wanting to build in life that's at stake. If I F off, if I slack off, if I do that, all of that is at stake when I don't do the things that are necessary on a daily basis in order to create that compound effect that is going to all of a sudden create the result of what I am trying to achieve in life, right? That's why I like leaders too, like a lot of leaders you see out there do a lot of affirmations every single day because they're setting their mind in the morning. They're doing their yoga. They're doing affirmations. They're working out. They're getting their mind ready for the day to win the Correct. day and to make sure they're always in a positive mindset. And they're using that just like you're using the bracelet as a symbolic representation of, hey, I need to remember every day to do this, to put forward for my family and for everyone out there that what you're building is going to come true because you're seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for me... Um, I don't do meditation. Uh, I mean, I do do meditation when I absolutely need to, but I have found out that 
because of my energy. It's crazy hard for me to stay focused in, in, in a meditative state for a long time. So what I've done is I, this is something that may be a lesson for all of your listeners. When something doesn't work, try to find the next closest best thing that could, right? So for instance, sitting down, putting headphones on and listening to meditating music and just sitting there and trying to focus on it doesn't work for me because my mind is constantly running and I'm constantly innovating in my head. I'm constantly thinking about what's the next best thing that I could do to the website to amplify and convert sales, right? What's working, whatever. And that's constantly what I'm always doing. Even when I'm watching something that just taught me, instead of staying focused on what just taught me, I all of a sudden start applying it in my brain and I start to create solutions to problems that I might have or problems of the future and trying to solve that. So what I've realized is, okay, so what can calm me down? What can put me in a focused meditative state? I discovered lo-fi music. Lo-fi is by far the best type of music that anybody can listen to as ambient music in your background that is modern. It's got a low tempo hip hop beat with, and there's so many different types. Like I love Japanese lo-fi hip hop. Like it is amazing. Um, there's, I mean, if you just simply go on Spotify or YouTube and you just look up lo-fi music, um, you instantly, you'll be like, this is music that you can have in your office in the background all day long and just have that music feeling. Like you said, Matthew, you, you're into music too. Music is part of your core. And I, that's what I realized DJing since I was a kid and doing it as an adult, um, and all that music has been the common denominator of my my zen my calm my my focus and that has been so instead of meditating i have lo-fi music instead of affirmations i have a bracelet that is on me 24 7 that no matter what if i'm fidgeting whatever there is something in my brain that turns on that the moment i look at it instantly reminds me of what's at stake if i touch it instantly reminds me of what's at stake meaning that it's the kick in the butt subconsciously of like all right what do i got to do next what do i got to do next what do it i got to do it keeps you on track nice keeps me on track exactly but but that just goes to show that's my formula to waking up in the morning affirmations all that other fun jazz to me it's wake up in the morning go for a walk get the blood flow going wake up looking already at my bracelet every day i already i'm already thinking what needs to get done today right that's going to improve my life tomorrow or improve the business tomorrow whatever the case might be and lo-fi music's already playing in my pocket and my headphones whatnot when i'm going on the walk uh i've programmed my my house with routines so my assistant my google assistant will automatically start playing music at 9 15 a.m in my office because it already knows that that's exactly what we what we do every day so these things that are repetitive that are helping i've created routines to simplify my life and all that and just so that way i'm constantly moving the needle forward every day so let's go through that let's go through that yeah. so for example in real estate wise you're you know Every individual as agent is a contractor, but really they are they need to think about their individual business. And Correct. as a business, you run all parts of the business. You're running the marketing, the sales, the operations, the finance, the legal, everything in the operations uh, into your business. And it's hard because now you're a solo entrepreneur or maybe you're a small team and it's tough to do everything out there. So, you know, for, for sales wise, you know, marketing has to be one of the main forefronts of sales, right? Marketing drives sales. Right. And, you know, today we're talking about marketing and sales and tech. Um, when you saw and you got into real estate and you have a background, you can see, you know, visually the, the designs, um, marketing, does it matter? And how come agents aren't doing more marketing or more sales, you know, driving because, more sales? 
because marketing and advertising is a whole beast in itself. It's an entire mindset in itself. And, and I, I, if I had to say, when people ask me like, how are you so good at marketing? Like, how are you so good at creating pieces of marketing, getting people's attention and all that. And the root to that is consumer psychology. I love to study and think about the consumer psychology, what makes them tick. And the answer is very simple. What is trending? Literally, what is trending in that particular demographic? So you have to reverse engineer the process. And I believe that the reason why a lot of agents don't do marketing and advertising is because of that. Is it's, it's exhausting, to be completely honest, trying to think about the consumer psychology. Like, what are the demographics of adults that are between the age of 45 to 65? What are, what's the trending topics for those individuals, right? What's happening in that mindset of those elderly or the not elderly, but older individuals. Right. And then what's going on between the 25 to 45, right? Like all those, but then some people break it down even further, 25 to 35, 35 to 45 and so on and so on. And it gets extremely convoluted, but some of the common denominators are still the same in regards to once you're a certain age, you have to start thinking about adulting, right? Uh, the responsibilities of life. And a lot of agents just don't ever look outside of their own persona and they don't ever look outside of their own. Like, for example, I teach a class called Branding Yourself 101. And one of the biggest key things, the first question is, who's your audience? Straight up, who's your audience? And then they're all like, well, everyone is like, that's BS. No, everyone is not your audience. You know why? Because there are going to be individuals that you just don't want to work with. They, they, they're, they're, they're going to rub you the wrong way, the way their humor, their, their character, their personality, whatever, is just not in line with you. Your vibe is not vibing on the same vibe as them. The mirror match is not the same. And that's probably where the pros, real estate agents, really come into play where they can really work with anyone is because they have mastered the mirror and match, right? Uh, but most agents have not. And because of that, they try to market to everyone, but not everyone is their ideal client. And so when I ask them, who is your, uh, you know, your targeted audience? They say, everyone's like, no, 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 no. When you go to the bank and you ask for a business loan, the bank is going to ask you th two things. What is the product that you're selling and who are you going to sell it to? And if you tell them everyone, they're going to laugh at you and they're going to be like, why do you think that this product everyone will buy, right? So you have to be extremely specific, why? Because they wanna make sure that their return of investment is going to be there, meaning that they can get, that you have demonstrated a proper business plan in regards to here's the product, Here's who we're going to target. Here's how much we're going to sell it to them for. And here's how much we're going to make in profit and blah, 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 blah. Great. That makes sense. Real estate agents can't even get past the who's your targeted audience, right? They can't, they can't. And then my favorite one. Oh, first time home buyers. God. <laughs> Which first time home buyers, you know, and, 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 I, and I know right now, racial categorizations and stereotypes is kind of a sensitive topic, but this is business. And in business, it, it, you know, there are rules and it's like the stereotypes are a niche market. The, 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 the ethnicity and the cultures are a niche market, right? So if I'm Mexican, I would probably 
Mexican communities would probably be my best audience, right? Because I know how to speak the language. Hey, hermano, como estas? How you doing? Hey, you know, I can help you. I can guide you. I can, you know, my team can hold your hand throughout the process, whatever the case might be, right? And there might be some sense of trust already because we're of the same culture, right? Believe it or not, Mexicans are the worst client for me because they are constantly looking for me to give them a deal, of some sort. And I'm like, I can't give you a deal. It's whatever we find, right? I will negotiate on your behalf. But then when I don't get them, the, when their offer doesn't get accepted, they start to look at me like it's my fault it, that it, all that. And it's, so it's a weird vibe for that. So I don't work with Mexicans, but I'm Mexican. I will have my white agent, Matthew. He's fully American. He's white, doesn't speak Spanish. I will have him work with my Mexican clients. Why? Because they won't bust his, you know, chops over, over things. So I've had to learn like who my audience really truly is, who I like to work with. You know who my favorite audience is? You know who always gives me business, always comes back, invites me over for dinner and everything? Filipinos. Nice. I don't know why. Every but culture I, is different. Every culture has different um, sensitivities, different topics, different things they work with, comfortability levels, and who, the, you know, how the, it, just, it just happens to be. It's just natural progression, right? Correct, Amundo. But that's that's where the problem is. So why are agents not doing a lot more marketing, a lot advertising? Is because they're not narrowing down who their niche market is. The first thing that if you if you were to, let's say, for instance, all these agents that are like, holy crap, I just inherited a million dollars. I can take my business to the next level. I'm going to hire someone like Ulysses or some or i'm gonna take it even a step further i'm gonna hire somebody like 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 ty lopez or gary v's team or whatever the case might be to really help take my brand to the next level first question they're gonna ask once again <laughs> who's your targeted audience who are we going to make a couple of pieces of ads that are going to speak directly to that specific audience and get you know get convert more of that audience right and a lot of agents just they just don't start there they they do not start there they they start at the end of like i just want to create a piece of marketing for everyone and then whoever comes my way and everything and that my friend is a sad truth of pretty much 90 percent of real estate agents are busy chasing the next sale and when they're busy chasing the next sale they're undermining all of the long-term growth all of the long-term infrastructure that they should be building that for me, I'll tell you straight up, the first three years sucked. This year and last year have been like really good. But the first three years sucked because it was a lot of building infrastructure, really getting the name brand out there, Sacramento Homes and Lifestyle, building the value proposition and the mission statement that will resonate to who my targeted audience is, right? And mastering that targeted audience. And then once we master that target audience, then we went after the next targeted audience that was basically giving us the most amount of business, right? So like I said, Filipinos have been the, a huge audience for us. And then next is Mexicans because naturally I have a lot of culture in that. And then the next after that is, um, you know, pretty much uh, 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 first time home buyers that are in the tech space uh, industry. So we are targeting a lot of people that um, are smart home tech savvy or are looking for that type of future. Hey, I'm about to buy my next house. I want to make sure I buy a house that's going to be future compatible with this smart home electronics, the Wi-Fi dimmer switches, the Z-Wave or all of the other fun stuff. You get what I'm saying? So Yeah. So basically, you know, like in real estate wise, when you're working with and doing marketing, you want to be, you know, 
actively looking at who's your target market, how are you going to help them, who you fit best with, you know, whether it be, you know, uh, certain age ranges, certain ethnicities, certain um, skill sets. Like, for example, I'm a tech guy first and foremost, and a lot of my clients are all, you know, tech savvy. They understand it. They understand numbers. They're looking to invest. They want to buy real estate. And we just have easy communication. I communicate way easier with engineers, tech guys, CEOs, people like that. And, you know, first time homebuyers for me is a little bit different, right? You know, just the analytical side of me goes towards more investing. Here's numbers. Here's why it works. Here's how you make money. Here's how I can help you 1031 exchange it and build up to multi units. Here's how you house hack. And here's how you have, you pay zero rent and build massive equity, right? So it doesn't work for everyone. Everyone's different out there, but the brand marketing that matters is how do you create a brand? How do you build your business as a, any company or as an agent? And when you define the brand, define the people you work with, who and why, it makes it so much easier because you can just focus and say, Hey, this will work. I can help you. Here's how I do it. But if you're outside the scope, it gets a little harder. Maybe it's better you work with one of my agents out there who can connect better with you to walk you through the process of buying real estate, right? Mm-hmm. And the branding part of it matters because you're creating a brand, you're set, for example, you do you know websites, you do the design, you put it out there because you want people to, to notice who you are. If you're not telling anyone, showing anyone, no one knows you even exist in business, right? How do you have a business like real estate sales and you don't have a brand? Who, how, how do people find you? By, by word of mouth or you're just randomly you know, doing the hard prospecting to try to find a new lead. But after that, there's no existing brand to hold on to them. Yeah, exactly. And and the biggest key thing, I, 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 if I had to say the biggest key reason to the success that I've had throughout all of the different channels and, and even failures, the key key reason to the failures I had was because of either lack of branding and the success I have had is because of proper branding. And, and, and that is probably one of the biggest key things that just they don't teach in real estate. They just don't. They don't. They 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 want to get an agent under an already pre-existing brand. But the problem with that is that the consumer is going to remember that company brand, not the agent. And and so agents have to learn to create that brand that people will keep coming back to and remember. Because the crazy truth is about I think a statistic from NAR said that 82% or something like that, it's a high number. Uh, yeah. um, Past clients say that they will do business again with their real estate agent that they used, whether they help sell, buy, whatever the case might be, 82% or higher wants to do business again with them. The actual number of the amount of people that actually do is like 12% or something like that. It's crazy low. And when you ask them and they go back to asking those people five, 10 years later, hey, remember this, blah, 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 why? Because they couldn't remember the agent anymore. They didn't know how to find him. They could nothing. Like it was, it was insane. And it's crazy when I run across all, a majority of a lot of my clients are the older agents. And a lot of them, it's crazy that when I go through their profile, like they're, okay, you've been in the game for how long? 15 years. Great. That's awesome. That must mean you have, must have a nice, awesome database. Absolutely. How often do you touch on that database? Oh, well, and it's like, okay, what about a drip feed campaign? What about, you know, automating a text message once a month, just an open-ended question. Hey, just seeing how you guys are doing. If you have any real estate questions, let me know. Hope all is well type of thing. Just a simple, just staying in front of them type of thing. And all of them are just like, uh, and I hate when they push back. Like, 
why are you pushing back against me? Like, I'm not creating this standard. This standard has been around for ages of having a proper brand, having proper automating systems that are going to help you stay in front of your clients, all that. But the biggest key thing is making sure that the your core values of your brand are there and that you are letting your audience know those, that you have a mission statement, the reason why you exist, the purpose for your brand, you being a real estate agent of why you exist, what your value proposition is, like what makes you different than all the other real estate agents? What is it that you are doing that other agents might not be doing or that other agents do, but you just do it way better? right? Like that is your value proposition. And then basically more importantly, your brand message that when you are creating marketing material and advertising, what is those marketing pieces sound like? What is the value that you are giving away in that? Are you sending mailers? Are you doing postcards? Are you having somebody drop mailers at people's doorstep? What's on that flyer? Are you giving them value and a brand that they can remember of where that value came from, right? These are all the tiny little dots that people just don't connect, yet they see it on a daily basis in front of them all day long, everywhere they go. There's a brand when you go to the gas station and you recognize that 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 gas like that that gas station brand, AMPM, Shell, Chevron, whatever, been around for ages. And when you look at their marketing pieces, you can see the little marketing pieces that makes them stand apart. Whether it's Shell, the clamshell. When you, when you go to Chevron, it's the talking cars with the eyeballs on it and the like. These are all tiny little things that people see on a daily basis of what makes that brand unique. Yet they don't think about themselves on what's going to make them unique in the sense of the customer remembering them, right? Whether it's a gift basket that you are notorious for making that nobody else makes, right? Like tiny little things. Like I literally told an agent, it's like, what do you like with your clients? It's like, oh, I just love that when we close them. I love giving them this awesome, really big gift and everything and all that. Great. Every time you do that, Make sure that you're taking a picture with them or that they're being taken a picture and make sure that that's what's getting posted online and everything. And eventually every single picture six months down the road is your clients with this amazing gift basket that you make exclusively for them. And it's unique because of the things that you do to the gift basket. Guess what she does now? That's exactly what she does. And now she's known for that. And now every time she gets a client, every single client is already up front telling her, hey, I'm expecting that nice gift basket from you, right? The gift basket is probably no more than 50 bucks. And that 50 bucks of a picture of multiple times of you doing it. Remember, you're doing the gift basket after the deal already closed. You're not even having to do it up front. You get what I'm saying? So these tiny little things that just people don't. And, and once again, law of diminishing effect is what happens. And, and, and that when I discovered the law of diminishing effect, a.k.a. procrastination, a.k.a. when you're like, all right. You know what? Yuli's onto something. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to think about it. I'll get started tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. I'll get, yeah, <laughs> next week. And, and for some weird reason, they, 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 these things just, they're not happening. Like, yeah, yeah it's frustrating, it. but you get what I'm saying. I get it. And I'm, we're trying to figure it out too. For example, I would say the same numbers wise, a lot of agents aren't out there. They're not doing what they need to do and treating this like a real business, you know, building a brand, building the marketing, building the values, building their mission and vision and, you know, putting statements out there of who they are, why they are and how they do their business and how they're different from everyone else. They're relying on a company to do the branding. They're relying on company for the CRM. But even then, even though it's there, they're not utilizing it to build their business on it. They're
you're just saying, oh, I have it, but I don't use it or I don't know how to use it. Right. So then how are you actively building your business? They're going out, you know, running and gunning, trying to get business in. But at the same time, if you're not building your brand, building your business and relying on a company name as a holder for you to feel better to sell, then you're never going to be out there and to be able to scale, to build massive business and to have a long term uh, exitable you know, strategy. Right. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. And honestly, I be, I personally believe that the real estate industry as a whole, and I'm looking at NAR for this, National Association of Realtors, because they're the ones that really regulate pretty much all of this. Um, and it all trickles down and everything. And I believe that at a very high level, the leadership is doing a very poor job at really educating agents and driving that as part of like the licensing curriculum of really truly becoming an independent, like getting getting their reticular activator, getting real estate agents' reticular activator, the RAS turned on to the things that they need to realize in life that is going to help them be a better entrepreneur in general, building a better brand, building all these things. And with that, I believe that NAR needs to teach classes specifically on like law of diminishing effect, the five second rule, what really happens to your brain when you are presented with an idea that you like and what is happening five seconds later to the psychology of your brain? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know what the five second rule is, right? Yeah. Right. So for your listeners, in five seconds, your brain starts to figure out how it can talk you out of whatever idea that you thought of that is going to require energy and time and everything from you. You get excited about something. You're at the Tony Robbins event and he just spoke truth to you. And you're like, today's the day I'm going to get started. And in five minutes, in five seconds, your brain starts to try to justify that there are other things that are more important that you should go do besides this tiny little idea. Or you start to think about that. And, and there's no talking yourself out of it because it's your own brain that's doing it. And unless, and if, you are not aware that that is what's happening. You are never going to be able to overcome it. And that's why I believe that at a very high level, we need to be teaching these uh, like, psycholo like, like psychology classes in a sense of one understanding oneself, the thought process of thinking. So that way, when the time comes that they realize, you know what, time to create a brand and I need to do this and I need to do that. And then when this procrastination effect kicks into it. I know that that's the law of diminishing effect doing its thing and five second rule or whatever, you know, getting turned on to like uh, uh, Robin, um, uh, uh, what's her name the, from the five second rule. Um, you know who I'm talking about though, right? Uh, I forget the, I don't know the name of it though. I heard of it. But I don't remember the name. Something yeah. Robin, Robin, something, I, I, somebody's probably going to correct us here in a second. <laughs> uh, but needless to say, though, that is, is exactly what I'm like, you know, I believe that is truly missing in all of this because I've taught hundreds, if not thousands of agents. Mel already. Robbins. Yeah, Mel Robbins. There you go, Mel Robbins. I've taught a lot, like thousands of agents at this point because I've presented in front of a lot of them. And when I teach all this stuff, all of them are shaking their head like, yep, you're absolutely right. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that and all that. But at the end, it's like we're not teaching that motivation, that self-control, that, you know, accountability, that self-accountability that one needs to have. And, or if they have those problems, 
how to identify those problems and overcome them by maybe being part of an accountability group or whatever the case might be, right? There are just so few people that are in my inner circle that think that way, but I have so many real estate professional friends that have the potential to be at a high level, but they just don't have that knowledge of that self-control, that, that self-accountability on all of that. Because once again, branding is important. We have to do it. I think it's about the self-control and being self-aware of the fact that, you know, I think that I find, I find the hardest challenge for agents is to be able to learn their they're busy with sales. I get it. Right. And they're busy doing things that I don't think they should be doing. They should learn to delegate as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. That way they can focus on building the business, building the brand, you know, running company A and company B, but at the same time, learning as a leadership, if you're a salesperson, you need to become a leader. And as a leader, you need to start learning how to delegate, building the trust to say, Hey, 80, 20 rule. I'll let my assistants, my VAs, whoever, my team, my design team do the work. I'll review it and approve it, but let them handle it. Let go of the tasks you're doing that are not high level, high dollar items. So you can focus on growing your business. That's how top producers and leaders actually grow is because they're spending the time learning to let go. They're learning how to build a brand. They're learning how to market. They're learning how to advertise. They're learning how to sell better. But if they're spending time, you know, looking at all the small minor details, looking at all the transaction coordination, look at all the administrative doing physical work that they shouldn't be doing rather than building an actual business, that's where they start failing. And I think the reason they keep doing that is because they're scared to learn and to understand more and educate themselves daily to get better. But they're more focused on, okay, well, I'll just keep busy. And by being busy, I'm just going to keep keep my head down and stay busy. But at the end of the day, your sales numbers aren't going up drastically because you're not building massive business, right? Yeah. And no, that's the yeah. part that, you know, leaders need to try to help teach. But even when you help teach, are they listening? Are they trying? I think the one part of it is being scared to do it. And when you show agents how to do it and you sit them down and say, here's how you do step by step, I handhold you, walk you through it and help you do it. They get more comfortable and they slowly adapt to change, right? Yeah. Even some of our hardest agents, they was like, they're older, they didn't want to change. They And they go, I trust you. Let me try to work with you and see what happens. Within one year, we we're able to double the business because we didn't just tell them what to do. We kind of just showed them what to do. Here's exactly what you need to do. Now, let's just show you how to do it. And by showing them how to do it, they kind of gain more confidence to do it. And they started learning and started to say, okay, I'm, I see what you're doing. I see why you're doing it now because you showed me how to do it. You didn't tell me. And by doing that, their business was going from 12 million to 25 million within one year with us. Some agents went from 4 million to 30 million. One agent we have in eight months, he just did, he did about $25 million in his second year of being an agent in the Bay Area. Yeah, and, that, and that's good. That's just by learning to do, right? And just say, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And I'm scared or I'm nervous or I don't understand it. And I'm different age ranges, but let's see what happens. But there's a majority, like the 80-20 rule, 80% will still won't do any of it. Yeah, and, and that's the two. The 80-20 rule applies to everything that I do when it comes to the business, when it comes to my coaching and training, when it comes to everything. 80% of the agents are not going to do. And I, I it's so crazy you say that because in my when I do my classes and I'm in front of everyone, literally at the end of it, I literally have a slide that says 80% of you are not going to do what I told you guys to do today. 20% of you are going to start 10% of you might get good at it and only 2% of you will stay consistent and actually follow through for the next year or so. And maybe 1% of you will actually really do it. Why? And at the end, I tell them, it's like, why is that the result? Because 99% of you are going to give up. 
Yeah. And I started thinking about that. Why has that happened? And how do we, how do we change that? Right. Then I started looking at like, if you think about the U S army, the Navy, the Navy seals, what's the difference between all the divisions and how do they work? And even in the army, there's going to be people who fail out, right. And fall, Correct. fall off. The Navy seals are the super elite. So I would say 99% of Navy seals fall out. So yeah. how do you get them in and how do you keep the right ones in? Yeah. You can just say, Hey, I'm going to build a Navy seal team and you're done. Or you can say, Hey, I'm going to build an army and I'm going to train the army and I'm going to try to make everyone in the army uh, do what they need to do and get them to the level. So that's harder, right? To build a yeah. massive army. No, 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 no. And you're absolutely right. So um, like I told you, said in the background earlier, I was uh, uh, three years, uh, well, I was six years in the uh, US Army um, and three years as a helicopter mechanic and then three years special forces. When I went special forces, you have to go through a rigorous training. You have to go through courses and all this other stuff in order to be selected. And like you said, a hundred come in, only about two of them come out, right? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you straight up what my secret was. It wasn't my feet. It wasn't my strength. I'm, I'm, I'm small, dude. I'm not buff. I'm not swole or anything. I mean, needless to say, I did steroids when I was in the military, uh, just cause I was trying to keep up and bulk up with people, but it never was any of that. What got me through all of it, what got me through all of it straight up was my mindset. The mindset I had then was my Napoleon syndrome where I was small and I wanted to take on everybody, right? And my mindset is what got me through it. Not my strength, nothing. While everyone else that was quitting or falling or whatever the case might be was all because of limiting beliefs of themselves. My shoulders hurt. I can't carry this 100 pound rucksack anymore. My feet hurt, my blisters, my whatever. It, does, it, 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 was, it was insane what you would see. And all I kept telling myself was, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You got this. You got this. I never once, my shoulders hurt, my feet hurt. I never once tried to give that any of my energy, right? Yeah. It was there, but I knew that it was my mindset. And I believe that that is why the 99% of all these real estate agents that are failing and why the 1% is the one that's doing like 80% of the business or how they say the top 20% is what's do, who's doing the 80% of the business, right? The reason why that is, once again, the mindset. It starts with the mindset. And I believe, once again, at NAR, at a high level, that we are just not teaching our entrepreneurs. They're not real estate agents. They are entrepreneurs. We are not teaching them the proper mindset, habits, and disciplines the tools of how they need to think on a daily basis when they get up, how to really stay organized, time blocking, all of that. I do it all. But why? Well, because I went and I've asked and I saw that dude's living the lifestyle that I want. How did he get there? And what does he do? Went and searched to it. I mean, it's crazy. We live in an era and you probably have heard this from other people you might've interviewed or just in general, we live in an era where information is free mm -hmm. and there's never been as much information as there is today for free. Thanks to the internet. And all it takes is for you to go to the university of YouTube and, <laughs> and straight up anything that you want is there bits and pieces of it, bits and pieces of it. And eventually the message of all of the greats start to sound the same. Mm -hmm. I find it extremely challenging right now that, when I go on YouTube, I can't find new content 
that tr that drives my attention. The only content that I pay attention to now on YouTube when I'm constantly trying to learn something is uh, how to scale my business, how to scale my business, uh, how to scale my service business, legendary uh, virtual studios. So that's currently what I'm working on right now. But when it comes to like, how can I become a better person? I can't find new videos of something teaching me something new. I've watched hundreds, if not thousands of videos on mindset, habits, and disciplines on how to become the best version of myself and how to be the best leader, boss, mentor, coach, trainer. The message is the same across every single great person that I've listened to, whether it's the old uh, Zig Ziglar, uh, whatever the case might be, or Tony Robbins now, or any of these other high-level entrepreneurs, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, whatever, if, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you listen to their routines and their mindset, habits, and disciplines, there's a correlation across all of them. There's a common denominator across all of them. And the reason why this matters is because they're for everybody that's listening that's saying i just can't hack it i can't figure it out i can't there's go, you're going to plateau because there's only so much information that actually exists that you need to know that's going to make you that better person and i don't know how many times you need to hear it from different people telling you the exact same message but it's going to, you're going to plateau on that knowledge of like how do i become a better person how how can i become a better uh, team leader, how can I scale my business bigger and so on, so on. You're going to plateau on that knowledge because there, yeah. there is a success. There is a formula for success and it could be spoken in many different languages. But at the end of the day, it all translates to the exact same core formula of it, of having the proper habits, mindsets and disciplines. Right. Um, being able to wake, having proper sleep, waking up early in the morning and, you know, making sure that you're either meditating or exercising for at least 15 minutes in the morning, getting that blood flow going, all those type of things. Um, you know, making sure that everything that you do, you time block, um, you know, because if it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. Right. G making sure that you have programmed your brain, that your life is by design that you are designing your life. And it's not by default because this whole mentality of people being victims to the life that they have, is just stupid. Yes, I get it. Some of you might not be able to get out of the circumstances that you're currently at, but it doesn't mean that you can't start right now to create that quantum leap, the little tiny baby steps that are going to get you out of that, right? Whether it's changing your, 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 your discipline of like, I don't like how I sleep at night anymore. Well, why? why? Why is it? Finding the problem and then creating a solution to it. And if you cannot find the problem, then go ask someone that doesn't have the problem you have. So that way they can look at your stuff and be like, oh, well, that, that's your problem right there. I, I see it right there because I would not do that. And so I think it comes down to this. It comes down to, you know, having the right mindset and being around people who have that mindset and helping you motivate so you want to be around people who who can find it who can guide you and say hey you know just stick around with us be around the five you know the five best people you're around is basically you know you're the average person so hopefully from that you start working with people who are motivators who are leaders who are guiding you to you know be get on board and to push you further and to help you go through the plateaus and change your mindset and 
knowing your limits, knowing your mindset and knowing how you are, if you can kind of take away from that and move forward and say, okay, I'm willing to learn and willing to change and I'm, I'm surrounding myself with the right people, I feel that I can um, keep improving. And I think real estate is not complicated. It's just the fact is that you are a entrepreneur, your business, and you need to be around the right people, the right mindsets, and to continually improve 1% a day and just learn from everyone and keep self-educating yourself and watching YouTube, you know, watching the University of YouTube will help you make you better. And by doing that, you can start standing out and you don't have to be a part of the norm. You can stand out and be the, be the 1% if you're willing to change your mindset and go. Everyone has a different life. Everyone has, you know, different parts of being busy, but the, the, the key to winning and all the leaders are saying the exact same message is it's all about your mindset and pushing yourself and there is no limit you know i think in u.s army the one of the things they do is didn't they do like a seven day uh challenge where you're staying up for 24 hours a day and you're like going like you know like hundreds of miles and carrying all the stuff and like rigorous training and the point is not to do it is the point is to break your mindset and to get you to push your limits to break you to get over all the fears and then once you get to the end of it and they everyone together pushed you then you're able to do anything in the world now. Correct the mundo. Goal, right? Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the military has a very simple, when you go to basic training, their goal is very simple. Break you down and build you right back up. Mm -hmm. What is that? It's called reprogramming. You can do it every day without any drill sergeant yelling at your ear, right? <laughs> and that just goes once again with learning how to become the best version of yourself falling in love with your passions even you know more than what you might already have and really breaking down that mindset of you know pushing through the barriers of whatever your limiting beliefs are if you right now are telling yourself i can't do this because someone told me or because i was that then you have programmed yourself to believe that that is true i have uh my niece she's currently staying here with us she's on vacation on summer vacation she just graduated high school she's autistic she had the roughest 18 years of her life being autistic. She's, uh, and the biggest key thing right now that she's here, she's always telling me, it's like, you know, Uncle Yuli, why is it that you're always so motivational and everything like that? And I'm like, it's not that I am. It's that that's the lifestyle that I want. It's the life that I want. So I'm sorry if I'm a little annoying that I'm constantly always on the optimistic and positive side and motivational side trying to push everybody around me. But that is the life that I want 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And I tell her, her being autistic you there's no bs with autistic people it's just get straight to the point and i told her like what would you rather live every day if you get to choose your day every day how what would you choose would you rather wake up grumpy or would you rather wake up happy and she's like i want to wake up happy every day okay great you know what i had to do i had to figure out why i was waking up grumpy and then there i realized that my wake-up routine was completely not the right one for me I cannot, I am not a rapid wake up, like, like eyes are open and I am, woo, no, I, I can't do that. I have to ease out of sleep. My body goes into deep sleep and it goes numb. And it's like, if I wake up startled and you push me off the bed, it's going to take me a couple of seconds to regain my strength to my arms to really pick myself back up. It's, it's crazy. But a lot, I realized that it's not just me. There's a lot of people that are like that. So I had to find the best way that would make my day the best by waking up the best way. And I have, right? And now I've taught her that. I've taught her there are ways to start your day to make your day better. And now, and then I had to teach her about Quit worrying about the things that you cannot control. Because as an autistic child, 
she has these things that 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 set her off and that create anxiety and panic attack and all this other things. And I ask her, what are you having an anxiety attack of? Well, this is happening above up. Can you change whatever's happening there? Can you control? Can you at all any of that? No. Then why in the world are you worried about it? Why are you stressed about it? Is it directly impacting you? No, I just I just don't like that they're doing that. And it's just like, there's nothing that you can do about it. And you need to learn to not worry about the things that you control. You have to ask yourself the right questions. Boom, I don't like this. Can I do something about it? No, bye. I like this. And you are just going to always, and at some point, all you are going to do on autopilot is always go after the positive things. And you're constantly always going to stay away from the negative things. Like you're exactly. going to see negative and you're going to be like, eh. You're going to see positive. Oh, I'm going that way. Right. So all these different things. And so it's super important, the mindset, habits and disciplines for sure. Because with that, to tie it in, the future of real estate is starting to come. And actually, that's a, that, that's a, that's a dumb remark. The future of real estate has already been here for a minute. The future of real estate starts the moment that somebody gets the inception and their idea of how they can make real estate better, the industry better in any way, shape or form. And at that point, if you are not friends or paying attention to those who are innovating at the point that at the time that you start to adapt the changes in real estate, you're kind of already in the middle behind the curve, right? So the future of real estate stuff that I feel that people need to really start to focus on smart home automation. You are going to look very silly when you are asked to go to a listing and you walk in and they start to tell you, by the way, we've got uh, Z-Wave uh, Wi-Fi switches throughout the house. And also uh, the house is actually uh, uh, operated by Alexa. And we have all of the Wi-Fi hubs integrated in the roof or in the whatever all, whatever the case might be, the smart locks, whatever the Yale, uh, 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 smart locks or August systems, whatever the case, all these different things, right? I could go on and on about all the different technology that you can put into a smart home now. But the point is, what type of real estate agent are you going to be when you go there and you don't know how to fill out your AVID because you don't know how to identify these things that are going to come equipped with the house? The seller's not taking them with them. Why? Because they're not electricians and this stuff is wired in, right? How are you going, what? How are you going to market that? How are you going to create that description for the, you know, property description for the MLS listing when you've got all this different technology in it? Are you just going to say smart home ready? What are you going to do when the buyers or potential buyers call you and be like, oh, hey, I saw that the house is smart home ready. What type of devices are going to be included in the house? And you don't know how to answer that question. That right there is already happening. And it's been happening for at least a year and a half now. Because I have my clients or people that became clients that got that call, went to the listing appointment, and didn't get the listing. Exactly. So on that note, what we're going to do is actually come back to that. We're going to come back to another uh, another episode, and we're going to talk about real estate, the future of real estate tech, and yeah. talk about legendary virtual studios on that podcast and from there. But you know, I want to thank you today for coming on. Uh, definitely learned a lot about marketing and mindset. And number one key is you know you have to have the right right mindset to build your business, and you need to build a brand marketing in a real platform with your name on it, so that way you can create a scalable business that you're not dependent on others. To to grow and to move around, right? Yep. So, so on that, what's the best way for people to contact you? 
Well, the best way that they can contact me is they can uh, actually, if they, they want, they can go to upcoming2020.com. Every year, I'm going to try to buy the domain name upcoming2021, 2022, 2020. So if they can go to upcoming2020.com, if anything, what I'll do right now is I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, and, and you have Balthazar.com as well, right? Yeah, I do. I do. I have UlyssesBalthazar.com, which is one in the same as upcoming2020.com. But I, I, I like having people remember upcoming2020.com uh, easier. Uh, nice. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick to, to show you that, uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. and okay, cool. So I, am... so while Ulysses is pulling that up, you know, I hope you guys took a look and, you know, listen in and learn a lot and about, you know, real estate, how Ulysses was able to build his business and build the teams and help train other agents out there and grow. But then number one thing is, you know, Working with people, having a great mindset, staying focused, and you know, learning. Yep, absolutely. So, if people want to learn more about what I'm up to, or they want to pick my brain and they want to connect, I invite everyone. If you guys want to connect with me, want to pick my brain, I'm all about building my network as big as I possibly can, sharing my knowledge, and once again, my motto: bridging the gap between technology and real estate pros. Um, so, they can come to upcoming2020.com. Um, that, that I have two upcoming webinar classes. Once again, like I said, I'm teaching at an association level. So, this one is a collaboration of Contra Costa uh, Bay. East and Sacramento Association of Realtors, all three associations combined. Uh, we're doing a webinar for them, Branding Yourself 101, everything we talked about, building a brand and Google your business, how to get your business on the number one, um, you know, Google search engine and map in the entire world. So um, how to get that done. And then of course, uh, if they want to connect with me, um, you guys feel free to come over, hit the let's connect. Uh, when that happens, you'll be taken here and here are all the different platforms that you can connect with me with. If you guys want to give me a call, got, want to check out my website, want to follow me on any of these platforms, whatever the case might be, it's all right there. So nice. Very nice. That's a great way to lay it out and have everyone be able to connect with you and I can't wait for them to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So, everyone out there, be sure to check out our podcast, The Truth About Real Estate, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios.